Hey everyone, welcome to My Wife the Dietitian, a weekly podcast about lifestyle and healthy eating. I'm Rob and together with my wife Sandra, we invite you to join us on this informative yet entertaining journey through the complex world of healthy eating. We'll cover everything but the kitchen sink. Each week we'll discuss topics ranging from how to protect yourself from developing cancer, spicy foods to rev up the libido, to caring for your palliative grandfather with Alzheimer's. We'll also delve into more complex issues like, what the heck is oat milk? Why doesn't my butt fit into these jeans? And every guy's favorite question, will eating spinach really make it bigger? Join us each week as we strive to educate, enlighten, and entertain you. Do you ever feel out of control around sweet foods? Are your sugar cravings driving you to eat foods when you know you're not hungry? Our human brain is wired for sugar and it brings us feelings of calm and comfort. There's no wonder we crave sweets, especially when tired or down. If you experience sugar cravings regularly or feel out of control around sweets, take a closer look at your diet and lifestyle. There may be things that are missing in your diet or ways to improve lifestyle habits that can curb your sugar cravings. Join us today for how to curb cravings when you feel addicted to sweets. Hey everyone, welcome back to My Wife the Dietitian. Uh, We're here with my wife, Sandra. Hi, Rob. Hello, Sandra. How's it going? (laughs) I'm great. How are you? I'm doing well. Uh, We are on episode 25. Holy smokes. Yeah. How to curb cravings when you feel addicted to sweets. I think that's something that everyone can... um, Relate to? Relate. That's the word I was looking for. Relate to. Yeah. Yeah. I think at one point in time, I think everyone's been there, so... Well, we're born uh, drinking breast milk, and it's the sweetest thing in the world. And is that where the addiction starts, do you think? It's not necessarily addiction, but it is, uh, our brains are wired for sweet. It uh, identifies that there's calories and energy, and it's a human desire and need, and it fuels the dopamine reward center in the brain. Hmm. Yeah, I knew there was some kind of chemistry involved. So that'll be interesting to find out what's uh, going on there. Yeah, absolutely. So we're going to talk about 10 tips, uh, five things to start doing to help curb your cravings and five things to stop doing or yeah, limit or reducing or yeah. Awesome. Okay. Let's get started. Yeah. So, and we talked a little bit about the why, like that our brains are wired for sweet, but it's, it could be a psychological reason or physiological. So the physiological is that like dopamine reward center and yeah, like the chemistry part of it. Exactly. Like it's like we need it for that, that craving, that addiction or or quasi addiction, um, the conditioning. So psychologically we can get conditioned into doing things over and over again that is reinforcing the habit so it's like behavior patterns and habits we do because of just various experiences in our life yeah both good and bad usually if if you do something and and it feels good you're going to want to do it again and and vice versa if you do something and it doesn't feel good then you're probably not going to do it again so if you have a good experience with something sweet like i don't know like 
we often eat ice cream when we're watching a movie. That's that's become kind of a a pattern for us. And, and it, it might it might have stemmed from oh you know you hurt yourself oh let's go have an ice cream cone and make it feel better. Yeah, exactly. Like there's all sorts of things. It's a like comfort feeling, right? And yeah, and you don't even think about that when you're eating ice cream. You just know that it's associated with comfort. Yeah, and we don't eat ice cream every night. Every other night, maybe. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, we're joking. I don't necessarily eat it at night, but I do love ice cream. Also, think of like, you know, maybe coming home from school and having home-baked cookies. So you associate cookies with comfort and, you know, after a stressful day and coming in and having, you know, mom give you something sweet and chewy, you know, chocolatey. It's kind of that association again. For sure. So that's uh, that's a lot of reason why we have uh, become kind of accustomed to craving sweets and wanting that those sweet foods and sugary foods. Right. And I think you and I were talking about this. There's there's other cravings that we have too. I mean, people crave salty foods and they crave like fatty kind of is it is that what it's called fatty foods like chips and things that are high in fat. Like you have cravings for those too, but. We're just going to focus on the sweet stuff today. Yeah, the sugary and sweet. Yeah, okay. So should we start with like the things we should be doing more of? Yeah, that sounds like a good idea. Okay, so we'll go through those and then we'll talk about the things to stop doing. Okay, that sounds right, good. Then. So um, how to curb cravings when you feel addicted to sweets? Well, one good rule of thumb is to not skip meals and to try to eat fairly regularly. So, you know, that could mean every four or five hours, like making sure that you are not going long periods without eating, because that kind of creates this vicious cycle of like the, you know, the roller coaster of blood sugar and just um, feeling like that hangry feeling. Um, so that could be, that's number one is just make sure that you eat regularly. Yeah. Keep, keep everything balanced. Cause when you eat, you're, you're getting like your nutri your nutrients are giving you, uh, sort of fuel for your body that balances things out. And if you miss a meal or you're late on eating, mm -hmm. things are going to start getting out of whack. Right. Oh, absolutely. And that's so. what actually happens when people are on kind of really strict diets or extreme diets because they might just, uh, and then there's like, it can get into a situation where it's almost like disordered eating because you know, it's so extreme and you're not uh, eating regularly and then the cravings and you get into the kind of the binge cycle. So there's a lot to that and to kind of help prevent that uh, big roller coaster of like situation and feeling eat regularly is really important through the day, not yeah. like yeah, 24 no, hours a day, but through your eating period between whatever mid morning and, and evening when you're eating. Yeah. And then, yeah. Yeah. And I'm in a future episode, we will talk about intermittent fasting. So. Yeah, that's where I was going with that. Oh, okay. So yeah, I know we're just talking about like, you know, regular through the day eating. And you know, a craving is different than hunger. So if you have craving and hunger together, that's a powerful drive. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah. That's like that hangry, like that, like you're, you know, 
over hungry and you don't want to be, you don't want to have that over hungry feeling because then that's when you make rash decisions and you like open the bag of chips and you eat the whole thing. Oh yeah. You overeat and you just want something instantly. And it comes from this, you know, historically think like generations and like thousands of years ago. Yeah. 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 We, uh, you think as humans prehistoric, you know, a long time ago, we were so you know, hunters and gatherers and to get food, especially animal food, it was a real chore. It was really hard to do. And maybe you're in a situation where, you know, your family, your community is all like, you know, huddled in a, in a cave trying to keep warm and somebody has to go out and get, you know, hunt the, the beast to bring meat back to the family or to the community. And that took a lot of courage and a lot of risk um, to do that. So you think how powerful is that hunger drive to push people to do those types of things to get the food? So it's, uh, yeah, it really is an urgent feeling. So when we feel hungry and when you feel over hungry, then you get those like powerful, the powerful drive to eat now. Got to eat now. Yeah, for sure. The urgency. The other thing with, with the prehistoric times is they never knew when their next meal was going to come. So they would just like power through all the food. Well, maybe they didn't. I don't know. Maybe they saved it, but you can only save meat for so long. I, I'm guessing that they're, I don't know. Yeah, no, no, totally. I mean, that's, I mean, that's when I think, uh, you know, the storage, like drying and preserving and salting and all those types of food storage methods came into play. But you're right. I mean, they didn't know when the next big meal was coming. So it is that hunger feeling that that drive to eat is so innate. And it's it's been with us forever. And uh, as I said before, our brains are wired for sweet. So we know that when we taste something sweet, you know, our genetics is saying, Oh, this is calories and energy. And it's a human drive, right? Even though we don't actually need like refined sugars, which we've talked about in previous episodes, like the uh, last one, when we're talking about ultra processed foods and how so many foods are overly sweetened, they've got that, I can't remember the term, but it's like the peak, like the taste that they're like hyper palatable or just that taste. That sounds point right. Sure. Is so perfect from the, uh, you know, the company making the food and they have the labs and the f- food, the scientists to make the food taste specifically a certain way to appeal to the masses. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Number two. Number two is include protein at every meal. Okay. Yeah. Because that fills you up. It stays with you longer. Exactly. Right. Right. Yeah. Okay. And we need protein anyways, just for a good balance in our meal. And the protein is more satiating. So it it stays with you longer and it um, helps to regulate, offset the blood sugar rise of eating just a carbohydrate food. Right. So yeah, definitely including protein at each meal is really an important strategy to help prevent the um, cravings, the sugary cravings. Right. Okay. And remember when we're talking about protein, what does that mean? Uh, uh, Well, uh, the obvious one is meat, but you've also got dairy, uh, nuts and seeds, beans, legumes, Oh, I like how you mostly said plant-based proteins. Awesome. Okay. Well, I'm learning, right? (laughs) Chicken and fish are really awesome. Um, 
you mentioned uh, like red meat, beef, uh, pork, but definitely the nuts and seeds and legumes and eggs and uh, yogurt and milk and yeah, cheese. Like, like having protein doesn't mean you have to have like a steak for lunch. You could have some cottage cheese or some nuts and, you know, nuts and seeds or peanut butter sandwich or whatever. A lot of people think protein is just meat, but yeah, there's other, other sources of protein. And I didn't realize that. I think maybe I'm basing this on what I used to think. Um, once I started reading labels, I was surprised at where I was finding protein. Yeah, right. I'm like, holy cow, look at all the protein in cottage cheese or in... Or you in know, grains, like in... Uh, yeah, in you, grains. Yeah, like in some of the pasta and the breads. And and we're going to talk about that on a future episode about like whole grains and refined grains and just talk about that. But yeah, there's a lot of protein in grains. Yeah. So check out the label and you'll you'll be surprised where, where protein shows up. Unless they eat food without labels, which is food that rots, which is... Uh, minimally processed whole foods, which is excellent for you. There you go. There's that <laughs> too. All right. Number three. Keeping hydrated. So a lot of times we have a craving or we think we want something like really bad, but really just thirsty and you need to drink water. And you should be drinking water all the time anyway, but it's one of those things we forget. It's easy to forget, but yeah, yeah exactly. It's I started doing that. You mentioned this to me years ago too, and it's it really works. If you're sort of getting a, like a little itch for food, sometimes it's just like, this is a funny thing to say, but like your mouth needs something to do. <laughs> okay. Right? 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 And it's like, it doesn't need to eat. That's why a lot of people smoke. That's why a lot of people chew gum because it's like, I don't know, there's like their mouth needs something to do as weird as that sounds. Um, that's funny. Actually, that's part of it too, is chewing gum because that is it. Yeah. It gets your mouth to do something that isn't eating. And the same thing with brushing your teeth. Like if you brush your teeth and as my dad always said, I don't want to clutter up my mouth. <laughs> like when someone say he brushes teeth and then someone was offering a dessert after. Oh, or something. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so true though. It's like, yeah, that's, that's a good way to look at it. Like, you know, you're done eating and you brush your teeth and then you kind of feel like, okay, that's, I'm done. Like I'm, I don't, I've, I've cleaned my mouth. I don't want to add anything more. Yeah, for sure. That's kind of a legit, like a logical way to look at it. Yeah. But yeah, but keeping hydrated, a lot of us are mildly dehydrated. So it's really, um, we're going to do another episode on hydration, especially as we're coming into the, the heat of the summer and we need to have, you know, more fluid. But I think a lot of people don't realize how much fluid you do need. And a lot of it should be water because if you're not drinking enough water through the day, you're probably mildly dehydrated and it really affects how you feel, your energy level and how your body runs. Yeah. The, the one time that I was paying attention to it, not the one time, but uh, <laughs> for a while I, I paid attention to it just because Sandra had talked about it. And I'm like, okay, I'm going to really like just, I think I set a timer on my watch to remind me to drink every 30 minutes or something or, oh, and God, I was drinking. I've done that before. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was drinking the amount of water I was supposed to be drinking and I was running to the bathroom to, to pee like every <laughs> like 40 minutes, it seemed. Really? It's like, okay. Wow. But I felt good. Oh. But uh, yeah, it's like, holy moly, that, uh, what a difference. Like really? When you're, when you're getting that amount of fluid that you're supposed to be getting. Yeah, it, it definitely runs through you. Yeah. Did you do that for a day, a week, a month? Uh, I don't remember. It was years ago, but. 
a couple days in. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that's a really good experiment. I'll do it again. I'll do it again, and then we'll do a podcast about it. (laughs) Definitely. Because you can tell a way to tell if you're hydrated is... Is the color of your pee. You got it. Yeah, I've said that many times, eh? Yeah, uh, and and if you stink, too. Not Like, if you have, like, like B.O. Yeah, like concentrated sweat. Yeah. Yeah. See, all, all these things you learn when you live with someone who's, like, <laughs> science-y. <laughs> well, it's true, though. I mean, it's, uh, yeah, you gotta drink more water if you're feeling like, yeah, that's, it's a really uh, good rule of thumb. Yeah, so we want your pee to be, like, clear. Exactly, and non-odorous. Yeah, not stinky. Yeah, and if you if you are sweating and are odorous when you're sweating, you might be lacking in enough hydration. There we go. All right, let's talk about number four. Number four. All right. Well, this sounds a bit counterintuitive, but it actually works. If you eat a bitter vegetable, like radish or so, arugula is another one. Um, that bitterness actually takes away that craving for sweet. I can imagine that if you're craving like, like chocolate, yeah, the last thing you're going to want to eat is like a radish or some bitter vegetable. I know, but try it. Th- that takes some discipline. Yeah. It's, it's a conscious decision. And that's the thing about eating too, is that consciously, making the decision about what you're eating and how you're eating and when, like, it's really interesting because if you really like look at your eating habits and your eating patterns, so many of us do it mindlessly throughout our days that uh, taking a real close look at um, how we eat and when and why it, uh, it can really help identify some pitfalls and it helps with solutions. Awesome. Yeah, because if you're experiencing sugar cravings regularly or feeling out of control around sweet foods, that's when you should take a closer look at your diet and lifestyle because you might be falling short with some of these things we're going to talk about and you there might be things you can do like little hacks that will actually help in the future to prevent those sugary cravings. Right. Okay. So the other bitter thing would be dark chocolate, like over 70%. So say you do have that like chocolate craving. Um, have you ever had like the chocolate craving and then eaten too much chocolate? And then you almost feel like, ugh, like you don't want to eat any chocolate ever, ever again. Ever again. Yeah. Have you had that kind of experience? Uh, not with chocolate. Really? With uh, with other things, yes. Oh, interesting. Okay. Yeah, because it, it can happen with any of the like sweets or like candy or where you overindulge and then you... No, I've probably had it with chocolate. I just blocked it Yeah, because I like eating chocolate too, so... Yeah, that's right. But... Years ago, uh, Southern Comfort. I, I oh. drank too much Southern Comfort <laughs> oh. one night and was sick for days. And then years later... Someone had some and I just smelled it and it made me want to vomit. It was a crazy reaction that like my brain remembered how nasty it was. And well, that, you know, that smell center and the memory is right next to each other in the brain. So smells can really evoke strong reactions. Like if there was an emotional, you know, crisis or something happened and yeah, that's, we should try that again as an experiment (laughs) uh, because that was like 30 years ago. It'd be interesting if my brain still remembers that now. Oh yeah. Actually there's, there's a good, well, for people having systemic therapy, like chemotherapy for cancer treatment, 
one recommendation is to not eat their favorite foods during when they're having symptoms like nausea or vomiting, because there's been so many people that have, you know, been turned off of like chocolate, for instance, or coffee or because they, they, they're drinking it when they're having the vomiting and then they associate it after that every time. So it's like, they've totally turned off their favorite foods. And, you know, you think as a healthy person and someone who hasn't been through that, Oh, that'd be a great way to reduce your cravings. But no, no, it's because food is, is like the spice of life. The food is quality. It's supposed to get enjoyment from food. Yeah. Yeah. And if we can manage those roller coasters of, of cravings and, and our reactions to different foods, then we can enjoy our food. And even the sugary foods that we crave sometimes like indulge and savor and, and appreciate that food and like have that dark chocolate and, you know, have a piece of birthday cake, whatever, like you don't have to completely abstain forever. It's, it's a matter of balance. And you know, the 80, 20 rule we talked about before. Exactly. So 80% of the time, if you're, eating well and moving a lot, exercising and, you know, doing all the good things for your body, like a healthy way, like living well, then 20% of the time indulge and have a beer with friends or eat birthday cake with your family or whatever it is. But, you know, keep it in balance and moderation. Good advice. Yes. So the last one on the what to do would be to include, um, or you can actually eat some of the sweet things like fruits and vegetables. So thinking of a date is like a really sweet fruit that's really good for us. Like it's really actually highly sweet, but it actually has a low glycemic index. So it's um, one of these really awesome foods, like three dates would satisfy your sweet craving probably. So having those dried fruits available for if you know that you have sweet cravings and maybe they come every time, like every day around three o'clock or there's a certain time of the day that you have these and you know it's going to happen, you can prepare, you can stock the kitchen or, you know, have things available that you eat when those cravings hit. Yeah, oh, that's smart. Yeah. So, so that's, that's satisfying the sweet craving, but it's doing it in a healthy way. Exactly. Exactly. And it's like, you think of the naturally sweet vegetables, like sweet potato. It's mm. actually got the word sweet in it. Exactly. Yeah. So, and then any roasted vegetables tend to be sweet, like garlic. It, it can brings be out the sweetness, right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, you know, kind of being prepared and having those foods available so that you have them in your arsenal of tools if uh, if you do you know if the craving hits for sure oh that's good good advice yeah so that's let's go over those five rob um number one was eat regularly yep uh number two is include protein yeah i feel yep three is hydrate yep number four Hi- hydrate with water yeah that would be a, the best one or tea yeah but not juice yeah not necessarily like sweetened beverages actually definitely not sweetened beverages because that kind of just feeds that craving. Yeah. And no Southern comfort. <laughs> right. That's a whole different episode. A whole different one. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, number four is eat a bitter vegetable like uh, arugula or radish or something bitter like dark chocolate is quite bitter actually. Perfect. Uh, number five would be having a naturally sweet vegetable or fruit available and to have that ready to eat if you do have those cravings. Awesome. All right. So um, let's talk about some things to kind of reduce in our day. And these ideas will help 
curb cravings when we feel addicted to sweets. Perfect. Sounds good. Number one. All right. It's actually reduce your intake of overly processed foods or ultra processed foods. And why is that? If we're eating too many of the ultra processed foods, then we're probably throwing the balance off of eating enough of the minimally processed foods. Okay. That makes sense. And you remember those, uh, a lot of those ultra processed foods are made like they're like almost made um, instead of they're like not just growing from the earth. They're made in factories and they have a lot of additives and preservatives and sweeteners that uh, trick the brain. Trick the brain into what? To making us think we need more of them. Oh, I see. Yeah, yeah. And that, that I think is part of that whole thing about it causes this addiction that we need to have more of that. I see. And actually that goes into point number two or seven of our 10 points. So to reduce the artificial sweeteners, because a lot of those actually make you want more sweets. Like it actually, they've done research to show that when we have foods or drinks that have artificial sweeteners, those actually propel you to want more sweet foods instead of the opposite. Wow. It's like a drug. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, and they're usually way sweeter than natural sweet foods. So they're like, you know, 15 times as sweet as like a, if you bit an apple or you have a strawberry or something that's naturally sweet. Right. And so especially if kids are growing up eating candies and artificial sweetened foods and different things that are ultra processed, they actually are getting used to thinking that this is what a sweet food is. And they don't think that regular fruit is actually that sweet. And they need that their threshold for sweet is way higher. And this is really detrimental because they grow up needing more and more of that, the sweet foods that aren't minimally whole foods. Interesting. So it's it's important for us to uh, try to eat more minimally processed whole foods because and just get used to those flavors and savor those flavors and enjoy those flavors instead of thinking, oh, we always need something more sweet. Right, right. Another thing that we might not be getting enough of if we're always having cravings for sweet is just enough fiber in our day. Yeah, I was going to I was going to say that with protein. It's kind of the same it sort of does the same thing as protein. It fills you up and and it does something with sugar too, doesn't it? It has a reaction or you can explain that. <laughs> yeah, no, that's good. Um a lot of us like there is uh definitely most people in North America are not getting enough fiber in their day and they're falling short of the requirements. And uh, definitely, you know, we talked about this in a previous episode with soluble and insoluble fiber and the soluble fiber actually helps with people with diabetes to help bring down the blood sugar rise. Oh, cool. It helps with cholesterol too in taking some of that, the bad or the lousy, the LDL cholesterol brings it down by taking it to the liver to be processed. Fiber is a really powerful element in our diet that we really need more of. And that you usually get that by eating more whole, minimally processed foods. So right. including more vegetables and fruits and whole grains and nuts and seeds and like You're sounding like a broken record Yeah, now, but, but it's true. I mean, yeah. it's like, and so many people do have these, like feel addicted to sweets. And that's another way to help with that is just making sure that you have fiber in 
all your meals and snacks too. Right, right. And, and you can do it. It's just not as easy as cracking a bag of chips or opening a box or whatever. That's that's the easy route. So, yeah. Yeah, and 80-20, right? So sometimes you can have, you know, crack the the, the, the crackers or um, open the bag of chips, no problem. It's just a matter of having, you know, finding that balance. Yeah, for sure. So number number four, I think. Four of the looking at your lifestyle and you might not be getting enough sleep. So if you're, you know, maybe working night shift or say you aren't getting like six or seven hours a night of sleep, of good restful sleep, there is a chance that uh, during the day you're going to have these sugary cravings for sweets. You know what I found too, and we might have discussed this in our sleep episode. I used to go to bed at like later. I used to be a bit of a night owl and I'd go to bed at like 11 or 12 and I'd get up at 7.30 or 8. And then I started going to bed earlier, like 9.30 maybe, Mm -hmm. 10 o'clock. And getting up at like five thirty, six o'clock, and it made a huge difference. I was still getting, you know, seven or eight hours of sleep, mm. but I was getting it at a different time, mm-hmm. like more according to the nocturnal clock, perhaps. Oh, yeah. And it made a huge difference because you just think, oh, I got my eight hours of sleep. Why do I feel tired? Which oh. I always did when I went to bed late. Oh, even your difference I got, in your tiredness. Yeah, oh, I, okay. I felt way more energy, a lot less tired. I was like waking up in the morning at 5.30 going, okay, I'm good. I'm ready to get up. Right, you know? yeah. So yeah, it, that's... it was really interesting. So if you are getting lots of sleep and you still feel tired, maybe that's something you can try if, if it fits your schedule. Yeah, like shifting the shifting yeah, it to earlier. Start going to bed a little bit earlier and getting up earlier. Yeah, yeah, that's true because I mean... Yeah, if you aren't getting the sleep that your body needs, like maybe in the time frame that needs or the number of hours, it does, your your brain wants that reward by having sweets. And so remember we said it's a dopamine hit, like it's that yeah. reward center. So that's a way to kind of keep, like you think it helps feeling alert because sweet represents calories or energy. And it's... It's actually, it's just that maybe we need to adjust our sleep hygiene and get a better night's sleep. Yeah. The other thing too, staying up late is you're more likely to eat stuff you shouldn't be eating between like eight and midnight. Right. Yeah. Versus 530 in the morning, you're not going to crack into something bad. You know, you're, you're, (laughs) yeah. That's true. And remember we talked about how the the most amount of ice cream that's eaten is usually after 8 p.m. for, you know, North Americans. Totally. It's just that thing that we eat before bed, I guess. Uh, And it's not great. It's not a great time to eat it. And uh, yeah. Um, Okay. The last thing to um, help curb your cravings when you feel addicted to sweets, and we kind of already talked about this one, but I bet I definitely want to bring it up is identify and reduce emotional eating. So identify like why you're eating, like what's the reason that I'm eating? Like what is the reason that I'm reaching for the food? You know, it's funny. There's so many times that I'll sit and I catch myself because I'm, 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 I'm sort of frozen in front of the open fridge deciding what to eat. And it gives me enough time to realize (laughs) that I'm not hungry. I'm just bored. Ah. Or I, I feel like it's time for me to eat, but I'm not hungry. Yes. And then sometimes you'll come in and like, what are you doing? I'm like, 
<laughs> and you totally like call me on it. I and don't. We know. do sometimes. You, you, you're, you'll realize that I'm probably not hungry, and I'm just. I've never just ever thought of that. I bored. never, because I always think that you have such a good eating style, and like you eat so healthy, and so I don't. Act, it's when it's the kids when they open the fridge and they're just standing there. I know they're hungry, and then they say, "There's nothing in the fridge. It's just ingredients." <laughs> <laughs> you mean raw food? <laughs> <laughs> you mean like you have to like you know, cut up a few carrots and grab some dip, like yeah, that kind gotta, of ingredients. You got to make it. Yeah, they want to open like, you know, the whole easy, easy way to eat. Yeah. But, oh, but I think you definitely introduced me to that idea of you're not hungry, you're just eating for a different reason. Right, right. And we do have a magnet on the fridge that says, why am I eating? And it's like, you have to identify, like you almost put your hand up in front of you, like a stop and you halt. You say halt, and it's like hungry, angry, lonely, tired, oh, or any of these emotions driving my eating. And that's a whole nother episode. We're going to talk about like um, emotional eating oh, yeah. and cravings. But um, this is just the tip of the iceberg for this one because we're, we're ending on the identify and reduce emotional eating because we when we comfort eat, we're, we're usually trying to fill something in our life or in, in that moment with like we're filling that emotion with food and really it's going to be filled in another way and not with food and food's just it's just like a band-aid it's a band-aid and yeah. it's actually it's 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 not great because then it's a vicious cycle of like eating and then feeling really guilty and and repenting and then eating more and binging and like it's like a big cycle a kind of a vicious cycle so it's it's really important to get mindful about the reasons we're eating and is is it because we're hungry like truly hungry because it has been like four or five hours since we ate or is it there's something like I'm you know I'm I'm tired or I'm lonely or I'm angry you know, there's emotions that drive our eating mm -hmm. and the other reason to eat. So there's actually three reasons to eat. Um, I mentioned the actually hungry, like stomach hunger, actual hunger. Yeah, actually People hungry. eat because they're hungry. Yeah. <laughs> and the second mm. one is emotional, like heart, heart hunger. Yeah. And then the third one is like the mouth hunger. Where I, that's what I do a lot. The it's cravings. Like, mm, I want to taste that. Exactly. I'm big on that. Yeah. yeah I want that sweet uh, ice cream or I want that salty chips. Like uh, you want the certain sense or taste or that you mouth call it hunger. mouth feel, don't you? Yeah. Mouth Which hunger, a, mouth a, feel. A word I've never heard before until Sandra was started being in nutrition school. <laughs> But in mouth feel, I'm like, oh, okay. And there's taste fatigue. Taste That's when fatigue. people get sick of, you know, eating the same thing over and over again. But that's a whole other topic. But yeah, just, uh, you know, identify and reduce your emotional eating. Try to identify, like, why are you feeling stressed and what, you know, what's going on and why are you reaching for that food? Because if you identify the reasons behind it, maybe you can do something different. And maybe that will help reduce your cravings and reduce the behavior of reaching for food when you don't probably need to. Perfect. This was a fun uh, one to talk about because I think it's so relevant for so many people and us included. I mean, yeah, I definitely sure. am. I just had my tea and it was sweetened. I can really, yeah, <laughs> I can relate to a lot of these too. So yeah, hopefully that was helpful. And um Thanks for sharing your wisdom with us once again. Thanks, Rob. All right. We'll talk to you all next week. Bye. 
Thanks for joining us today on My Wife the Dietitian. If you like what you heard, don't be shy. Leave us a comment or review and be sure to share our podcast with your friends. If you'd like to hear more, hit that subscribe button. You can also follow us on our social media pages for updates, episode trailers, and other odds and ends. For more info and links on what we discussed on today's episode, check the show notes. We'll be back next week with another informative and fun-filled episode. 